and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talk to Julia Grady, who is the co-founder and executive director of 10C Shared Space. Down the road and around the corner from 10C's 42 Cardin Street location is the Guelph Farmers Market, and the two are now tied legally because as of January the 1st, 10C is responsible for the management of the market. The goal is simple, turning an underperforming asset that's only open five hours a week into a new economic hub and accelerator that ties together food security, sustainability, local markets, and opportunity development. Getting there? Well, that's going to take a lot of work, a lot of luck, and a lot of innovation, which is an ideal challenge for Guelph's community changemaker. A market for the future is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. If the Farmer's Market's website is to be believed, that property was home to Guelph's first building, a market house, a central place where area farmers could sell their produce and their goods. Essentially, this was the beginning of downtown Guelph, and while the market house didn't last very long, the area that became Market Square became a center of local commerce by the middle of the 19th century. About 150 years ago, the place that is now Guelph City Hall was the hub of area agriculture, with monthly cattle auctions on Wednesdays, a semi-annual horse auction, and quarterly livestock fairs. At one point, the egg business was so big in Guelph, it was the original home of the Royal Winter Fair. That moved to Toronto 100 years ago this year, but there's still a part of that complex that remains. It's the current home of the Guelph Farmer's Market. Back in November, after years of preparation and negotiation, City Council approved a plan for 10C to take over management of the market. 10C itself was founded at 10 Cardin Street almost 13 years ago and has been a home base for a variety of community, advocacy, and neighborhood groups. In fact, it's hard to think of a better partner to take over the market, and 10C's plan comes with the endorsement of the Guelph Chamber of Commerce, the University of Guelph, Innovation Guelph, and many, many more. In the future, we might see more hours for the market, different markets like a weekly arts and crafts sale, culinary events to promote food tourism and education, and a common community space that can be used for a variety of different events. It's a bold plan, so how does it begin? That's one of the questions Julia Grady will answer on this edition of the Guelph Politicast. Grady will talk about why 10C is such a good match for the farmer's market, why it's been so difficult to accelerate the farmer's market, and what she's looking forward to with the change in management. We will also discuss the community feedback and support for the 10C takeover of the space, the importance of a thriving farmer's market to downtown Guelph, and the mandate to create a profitable market in the next five years. And finally, we will talk about how the pandemic has changed the market when people might start to see some of the changes 10C is initiating, and what the farmer's market might look like this time next year. So I caught up with Julia Grady last month via Zoom. So, Julia Grady, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, hi, Adam. Uh, maybe just to start off with, for people who don't know what 10C is and what it is that 10C does, um, how, how can you explain all that in a nutshell? What is 10C for, for anyone who's maybe heard of it but never experienced it? Yeah, let's think of um, Tenfi as a social activator in Guelph. So we um, we run a physical space downtown on Cardin Street, and we I think we'd like to think of it as we're building like platforms of social 
um, project-based and financial and physical place-based um, to activate great things in our community. Okay. So how does the farmer's market fit into that? Um, yeah. Or I guess, you know, what was kind of the, the origin of that idea when the city was looking for ways that, or for partners they could team up with to, to help, um, I guess, accelerate the farmer's market? Why was that a good fit for you? Yeah, so there's many reasons why it's a good fit for us. I think the main thing about the farmer's market is um, it's only ever been used for five hours a week. So it's a, an 11,000 square foot proper building that um, it really has five hours a week of use. And Tensi itself formed in 20, uh, 2009 in a small space and built like a really active, robust um, number of hours of uses in multiple spaces. We grew into a bigger building that was four stories, 15,000 square feet. And just the simple notion of there's a property in the downtown that is only used that um, small is... Um, is a, is a challenge, I think. And um, the city issued at some point in 2021, in April, I think, a um, expression of interest around, um, is there anyone else out there who'd like to have a conversation about activating? So we replied to that, and then the rest of the journey um, is the way it played out. <sighs> I realize you're not privy to sort of the city's own discussions about sort of yeah, what to do sure. with the farmer's market, but, you know, thinking about, you know, if you've had your sort of eye on 10 C and, and how it grew from like that small space in 10 Carden street, that it just kind of like, it seemed like a lot got absorbed under that 10 C umbrella, like whatever the, the initial sort of idea was behind 10 C back in the last decade in 2009, yeah. as you're saying, it, it absorbed things like, um, out on the shelf, um, it absorbed things like um, the Guelph Neighborhood Support Coalition, uh, co-working space. So I guess, you know, what wh what kind of was, do you think was sort of blocking that evolutionary leap um, from the farmer's market? Um, because we're, we're seeing a lot of that other stuff. And there's been a lot of discussions about we may be getting ahead of ourselves but bringing things like the seed under that umbrella. There's a lot of stuff going on around circular food economy. It just seemed like the farmer's market could not make that same evolutionary leap without bringing in, I guess, new blood, so to speak. Yeah. And I don't, and you're right that we're not kind of privy to internal discussions at the city as far as how it all rolls out. But I think there's one um, word you used in there, Adam, which was absorbed. Mm. Tensi is basically, we hold the space for community groups to do their thing, live their jam and, and just be their organization. So out on the shelf, like we host the out on the shelf um, LGBTQ library, um, but they run their programming and we do that together as a, as a collaborative and the GNSC has office space here, but they do all of their programming across the city. So in a way like Tensi is like, like the foundation sponge that lets more things happen. And that's really how we're looking at the farmer's market um, as a facility of, well, um, are there other things that could happen on, on any of the other days? And of course the answer to that is yes as long as someone is asking the question, so we're going to be asking the question, hey, community, what um, what types of events and activities and also um, what kinds of engagement do you want to have? And at the same time, kind of we'll be curating. Um, I'd say that our 2022 year is going to be mostly 
um, taking some small steps to bring new activity um, on other days. And that could look like, and I'm pretty sure it will look like um, CSA um, pickups using the outside yard area and then mm-hmm. building almost mini markets because our farmer's market is is pretty successful already like as far as the Saturday goes like it's it's sometimes hard to get in um, as a vendor because the space there aren't a lot of openings or transitions there um, and it's also a big commitment so to be in the farmer's market you have to commit to every Saturday and it's a it's a long-term commitment but there's maybe some more shorter term kind of food related, um, but then also a number of other um, event related activities that could happen in the market that we're going to basically kind of like hold an intake process for and a, we'll call it an active listening process for. Okay. Let's rewind a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a uh... This, this was not a fait accompli, although maybe it kind of felt like that by the time it got to the city council, there, there really seemed to be no pushback to the idea of, of 10C taking over the farmer's market. And maybe yeah. that was different when you're on the inside, and maybe you can talk a bit about that. But in terms of how this began with putting together that um, the, the uh, proposal and, and um, starting that work, um, what was the initial reaction that or some of the initial feedback that you got from like the regular vendors of the farmers market were they concerned that maybe not not that you guys would screw it up necessarily yeah. oh, for <laughs> but, sure. but that yeah. you know they, they have they, they have that five solid hours where they know they do boffo business and that maybe yes. the the Guelph farmers market uh the concern that it might grow beyond i guess uh instead of doing that one thing for five hours really really well doing a ton of things maybe not so well while losing track of those key five hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And so Adam, I think that um, our navigation with this was um, primarily with the city. So mm-hmm. as far as like, so we answered the expression of interest, that's public record. We put it on our website and then we um, council did that or um, that first kind of pass in the summer of charging staff to now actually dive in and discuss what really like operating the facility could look like from a legal standpoint and what the structure could be. So that was really the bulk of our um, dialogue somewhere along the way in um and we had, we've always had kind of like an open forum on the website and a, a, some social to attract people to um, comment with us. So the, we, we had a dialogue with the vendors um, in, a, I don't even know what month we're in, I think in October, <laughs> just after Thanksgiving, where we went as 10C, because there was never a point of um, where it was appropriate for us to go as 10C to, we're not trying to leverage the vendors to say, Hey, we're in favor of this. We, we, hold the primary contractual, I guess, um, uh, obligation to have a successful farmer's market. So that's like point number one, like that's the one thing we need to deliver no matter what. And I think what um, the market is, uh, is, um, has been through a lot with COVID staffing of the market is also a challenge, like as far as like the to really run the whole thing, there needs to be more people um, mm. activating the market than just um, the existing staffing complement added. And, and a lot of that fell into the city domain that comes into their 
um, into some of the presentations of, well, there's also, you know, the cost on paper for the market and the staffing and all the materials and whatnot. But then there's also the uncounted costs of staffing for administration, oversight, even marketing promotion. So I think some of that is like Tensi is now like a, a bit more of a grown up organization and can take on some of those other things. I guess that's the other way to look at it too, is that the demands of running the five hours and, and this is sort of borne out in the, in the various staff reporting that, yeah. you know, those operational costs, the five hours, those were budgeted for where the market goes over budget is the things like doing the promotion, doing the sort of administration stuff, the stuff that happens after the five hours, the rest yeah. of the week. Yeah. So yeah. In, in a way, the market as it stands right now is too big as sort of its own entity and that it's, it's a bigger time. Uh, it requires a bigger time commitment than the city m- maybe was initially thinking just for like a, f- yeah. a weekly five hour event. Yeah. And who knows when, like in that farmer's market in its current site has been there for like 50 years or something. Right. Like, so it's been through a long time of like not changing too much. So for the city to actually activate more hours, there would need to be a different construct. And their choice for a different construct is, well, let's look out to the private sector to see how this could um, evolve. And the um, EOI was open to anyone to respond to, right? Like, so there could have been a, even a for-profit situation that um, applied to actually um, to look at that and um and I'm, we're with Tensi, we will run it in similar and different ways to what we um, have run the current space here. Mm-hmm. And we're, our, our main word is like activation of community goals and, and what, can, what can happen with, I think, a little bit of flexibility. Um, and then a lot of, we're, our 2020, 2022 is totally our learning year for learning how the vendor systems work for the Saturday's market, and then look at what um, flexibility of even space and or programming can happen in and around without um, disrupting too much the um, existing status quo. How has the pandemic changed the farmer's market? I mean, other than the obvious things like capacity limits when when those were a thing, you know, but how has the last two years sort of changed the farmer's market business for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what we're going to dive into. A couple things are, I think um, everyone's become intimately more connected to our food system and realizing how important and fragile it is. Um, I think there's, um, I, we know kind of in Jolie that a lot of CSAs are already sold out. So there's, mm. there is like a, a valuing of local food and where it comes from. And then on a, a functional level inside the farmer's market, um, you can now walk around freely in there. So it's not as um, as jam-packed as it was. So there's, a, I think the, the part of our challenge with programming in the next year is, is how to bring back a, a few more vendors and, um, and other kind of um, things in the market without creating like the huge... Um, bottleneck of um of market traffic just the physicality of moving through that space is important um to us which i think there will be ways if we can activate 
other days and times and activities, that's a way to, to bring in either more new food vendors that are small and starting and or more um, arts and crafts activities um, with different times rather than having to ram it all in the five hours. Because the farmer's market in the past, it was only ever open for five hours. So we have to ram it all in all right. of it, all the time. And this, I, I'm hopeful that we can like shift some of those things. And I think the last thing on farmer's market, like it was, um, it closed right at the beginning of pandemic, right? And then mm-hmm. food got um, food and farmers market and community gardens are all essential services. So there will always have to be food through the farmers market, and um, I think that's the part that's exciting. How difficult do you think it will be to sort of? You're absolutely right. You're packing a lot into five hours, but yeah. that also becomes sort of like one stop shopping yeah, for, sure. for, for lack of a better thing so like how carefully do you have to kind of unpack things to to now that you have like instead of maybe doing yeah. arts and crafts stuff in that five hours on saturday you'd maybe do it on a wednesday night or something yeah i think it's very carefully like there's a the chicken and egg in that is the there are so many people coming through the saturday market um so whenever we if we're ever making changes i think it will be with new programming like um say a csa um, doing a Wednesday night drop-off with some ancillary booths outside, if say it was a warm month, and then um, and then using that as a bit of an anchor to bring more people with things with other um, activities that those people may also want access to. So that we're building, we need to build audience at the same time as we build offering. Um, because if we had a, say we had like just an, a single event, but there were no participants, then those two things don't work together. So it will be um, very challenging and interesting to see how we um, manage to make that work. And how much of the challenge is going to be sort of coordination? Because for people that don't know, CSA stands for community supported agriculture thank, yeah. thank you community supported i forgot the s um <laughs> but you know we're talking about community gardens we're talking about you know cooperative farming we're talking about farms like people are in the business of farming um we're talking about the seed we're talking about yeah. co- like community kitchens uh is I, I realize we have a culture here where a lot of these groups kind of work together and it's an unofficial capacity, but is, is that something that is going to have to get formalized or is it something that's basically formalized and it's just sort of like waiting for a central hub, like the farmer's market to sort of you know, like turn the informal relationships into something more formal. Yeah. I think there's um, I think it's a bit of all of that, Adam, like we're, waiting to um not even waiting but the the word coordination is like it's like to to coordinate there has to be this active listing process where you find out what are all the things out in the ecosystem that want to be enacted does do any of those things make sense at the farmer's market when do they make sense like if everyone say everyone in guelph is like i want to do something on wednesday Mm. Um, like we need to get like a little bit granular in some of the details we're finding so that we can like look at it from a bit more of a bigger picture and then see where some starting points um, could be and definitely um, as involvement with other not-for-profit partners collaborators is 100% um, 
one of the goals of, of the project. So how can um, some of the emergency food distribution happen through the market? How, even if it's like packing, like at, at um, special times, but, um, or is there like a permanent um, booth that is the seed that, and that's how you interact with them. Because in the past, like the, um, a lot of the not-for-profits, including Tensia ourselves at the beginning, we, we would all be under the, like the big umbrella kind of piece there. Right. So mm-hmm. how is there a way for not-for-profits and um, the other like for-profit food businesses to actually have a role? And the expansion of the other hours is one of those things, but there will be, I think, programming that changes on Saturday um, based on um, lots of practicalities that we're going to just be looking at. And how important is um, the downtown location? And I guess along with that is, because I I saw some people comment about this, that, um, you know, would it be plausible to like maybe do a big outdoor market somewhere like exhibition park. And I know there are a lot of concerns about food insecurity in the South end where there aren't a lot of sort of, you know, experienced neighborhood groups that are kind of set up. And so you have people from the South end, you know, engaging with the North end harvest market and, and, and other places. So I guess how much of this is about having that central hub downtown and, and are, are you going to, be limited by that or is that going to be just like sort of the the epicenter for these operations yeah so i like how you describe the downtown i think the downtown is important for the context because really that's where the physical location exists currently um does 10c through the farmer's market run and support all of the food markets across um guelph i no <laughs> i think the answer there though would be if say there was something that was happening at the farmer's market and there was also a need or goal to have an outdoor market, say in the South End, and there Mm -hmm. were partners and collaborators that we were all hearing from, we would put those things, we would help create some pathways to put those things together. Whether that's under something called Guelph Farmer's Market, um, it is totally an unknown at that point that point but bringing having more opportunities for all of the partners to talk like the GNSC or or all the um food um um food organizations and or just programs that are feeding people who don't have access to food right now um is super important and we're sometimes on the ancillary ends of that and then sometimes in in the middle of that with people so is are there is there a role for the market um possibly mm. So I, I think a lot of people are hearing that um, Tensi is taking over the farmer's market. I think people <laughs> have a lot of expectations about sort of, I mean, what, in so much as anyone has any expectations about going under new management. So yeah. we're recording this uh, at the end of 2021. Yeah. Uh, Tensi takes it over first thing on the, in the new year yeah. uh, for people who are going the farmer's market that first Saturday in January, um, they're not going to notice a difference right away. Um, But can you say like, at what point maybe people start seeing like changes? Like, do you, do you know kind of when that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good question. So Adam, I think for 2022, people may not functionally notice 
very much different, right? There will definitely be a series of special events and activities and, um, and something visible inside the market that um, shows there's a little bit of, of um, difference. And I'm like, quite honestly, like the market we've en- envisioned, the market in its current form is an empty building where people come in and do things. <laughs> there will be some things like there'll be a way to show that that um, people are waking up every day caring about that as a hub and a container for all the potential that that goes into it. And I think some of it will be a little bit like um, signage and booths and and maybe a bit of um, small changes that happen in 2022. And we're fairly hopeful that by 2023 and beyond but then there are like actual more days where where set activities happen on other days and we'll be looking um, and applying for all kinds of other funding to improve the infrastructure inside the physical um, frame of of the market because there hasn't been a lot of internal investment into programs or facility quite honestly Mm -hmm. and are you confident that again it you know this was almost rubber stamped by city council. I, I say almost, there were some questions and there were some delegations, yeah. but are you comfortable that the, the city is going to give you the time to sort of make these, these sort of grand plans come to fruition? Because I mean, at the end of the day, you are still sort of financially liable to um, give a portion of the proceeds to the city. Um, yeah as part of um, the agreement here um, sometimes uh, you know, we're not as patient as we'd like to be waiting for yeah. success to come. So are, are you confident yeah. that you have that, that rope? I think we're um, I'll call it semi-confident Adam, <laughs> as far as like, I think the structure right now provides um, a, a, a fairly low risk, for 10c and a and a bit of a staffing complement where we we can put some time in and um and then the revenue model to um it's a revenue formula basically when we get to a threshold where there's where there's surplus there are then funds that flow into the city so that doesn't happen day one and if in 2022 we just offered a successful saturday's farmers market where people were happy with it vendors were happy um that would be a win but we want to do we do want to do more than that but the timing and pacing is going to be important are we going to see the farmer's market facility open seven days a week with thriving uses in 2022? No, <laughs> we're going to see um, some some single day and maybe a series of monthly and or maybe some weekly so we can build forward to that. Because if we did it all at once, we would fail. And mm. so we need to measure measure it out to do the primary thing, which is um, hold the farmers and the, the food um, provision part um, as the as the first and then build all these other things in as we go and how about looking at it from the other side do you have the community support you you need to sort of make like like you are building it will they come yeah well <laughs> and that's um uh, I think I, I'm hoping we do and I, I think that in the um, what we've heard through a the letters and the support, and we've always been wanting to hear 
um, what is what's wrong with this plan, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and so there hasn't it hasn't felt like it's been very controversial. Um, so, but where if there is any, if there are people who are like, well, they want to kind of like um, talk to us about other ways and other things, like we do actually just want to be in dialogue. But part of that, I think, for me, goes back to the fact that we take we've taken that site and the facility for granted. Farmers market is always going to be the Saturday farmers market. It's only going to be five hours and it's only going to get as good as it is because we don't have a way to, to put more energy into it. So right. your the words takeover, Tensi is taking over the market. <laughs> it is a hundred percent. I want to change the narrative to Tensi is activating the market right. with community. And the with is our, our job is to be open enough to pull in the with, including the naysayer withs, to, to see if there's um, some way they want to engage. I guess part of it too, is that it, it's one of those things where people sort of walk past the empty far- farmer's market on like Tuesday and somebody says to their friend, you know, why doesn't somebody do something with this? And, and now we have somebody saying, yeah, we're going to do something with this. And yeah. I mean, that may speak to some of the, um, the lack of pushback you know, we're, we're talking about is that, we're just kind of glad somebody's taken this on. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that, and it is that notion of like, why doesn't somebody at right. some point, like you have to be the somebody, right? And and are the in even in the dialogue around getting to the point we're in, it has always been with all of the all of the other people. Tensi is not a, a person or one org. It is it is a lot of the orgs. So we, when I say, um, what, how do you want to activate your market? It's really going to be, how do we want to activate your market? It's, it's not necessarily city of Guelph's market. It's not necessarily right. the farmer's market. It is literally the market that is yours. There's a lot of ownership because I mean, that's the Saturday morning activity for a lot of people is yeah. to go down to the farmer's market. So, and, and because it's, it's not the grocery store. People do feel that sense of ownership more than walking yeah. into their corner store. Yeah. It's magic. Like it is yeah. like, and there are so many, and especially I think we, the other, you asked a good question about the impacts of COVID. Um, one of the main impacts of COVID is we have now less ways to connect with each other as humans mm. and the market really offered and created like the a heart for a big um, amount of people. And I would love as we kind of, We'll see what all of the next steps in this are with COVID. But as places, regardless of COVID or anything um, upcoming, places are important for people to connect in. And mm-hmm. the market as a connecting place to really build back stronger social fabric is is really important. And I see that every day in Tennessee, like even as we're still in kind of limited um, people coming back. But when the people come back, they're like knitting together super strong relationships. And that is important. Sometimes they're maybe buying food together at the market, but that it's the relationships that are important to create a welcoming community. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that hurt a lot of people. Uh, and I don't just mean financially at the beginning yeah. of the pandemic when the market was closed, because there was, I mean, there was a lot of confusion too. It's like, I can go to the grocery store, but I can't go to the farmer's market. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about you? What are you looking forward to? Like, I mean, this is the project you're taking on. There's a lot of administrative stuff. There's a lot of grant writing in your future. Um, but I mean, yes. you know, standing 
standing in the farmer's market, whether it's a year from now, whether it's three years from now, you know, what are, what are, what are the rewards for you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I think, and Adam, I'm, um, I love our farmer's market in that a, there's a place for people to buy local food. I'm totally an introvert. So the <laughs> mosh pit farmer's market, I couldn't do, I can only ever go to the farmer's market in the, in the summer. So I'm looking forward to a, an accessible farmer's market that you can kind of walk through and engage in, in a way that um, feels um, safe and you don't get trapped in there with a child. Um, and uh, I'm mostly interested in can more of the pieces of the puzzle come together. And that's mm. really like my sweet spot is like, um, stepping into things that are a little challenging and mm. seeing if we can make them make them work and and I like food and I like activities <laughs> and I think um we're hoping to and I'm hopeful for um something like a night market and um and more like special events where you're there and it happens and you feel that, oh, yeah, that time in 2022 or 2023, remember, we were all at that place and it was all great. Like, mm. I'm hoping for those moments because those are the moments that I kind of like to find my life by. Right, right, right. I'm going to ask you a, a bigger question about downtown because we're kind of like having a revitalization moment right now. There's yeah. um, like what's going on at the farmer's market. Obviously, we're trying to find something to do with the drill hall. Um yeah you know the uptown up upper windows getting looks like kind of a facelift yep. like the scaffoldings everywhere <laughs> uh tommy goffman is working on the albion yeah uh, so uh, you know from your perch at 42 card in there the old Acker's building which you know yep. 10 10 c saved um yep. you know wh what does I guess what does downtown look like over the next couple of years? How is that changing? Like is downtown sort of having a revitalization moment now? I really hope it is. Um, if one of the gifts of COVID, right? Like COVID has been like horrendous. If one of the <laughs> gifts is that um, downtowns are on the radar for federal, municipal and provincial um, as important places, like they're important to like a social fabric. They're also important to like a small scale economic and an independent business. Like I love downtowns like, and I love our downtown because it's, um, it's like, it's really special and it's something that um, you can't get anywhere. Like you, my experience of other cities is primarily through their downtowns and mm -hmm. you are led into them by just driving randomly and you find a downtown and that's where you find what the soul of a city is. So I'm hopeful that as a more people are living in downtown and experiencing eating in restaurants that so we're still creating a community in downtown, including like ways that we're selling things that are, um, are like um, accessible to, to more people. Like we're, I'm nervous about housing in Guelph and mm. our wild commodification of real estate mm -hmm. and, um, and how that changes the city over time when people can't, afford to live here so how does a revitalization of a downtown also um create spaces for people to live on all the income spectrums and i maybe downtowns are part of that solution versus just being um, seen as places to put stores and restaurants mm -hmm. well we can't solve all of Guelph's all problems of in a day no we can't 
<laughs> that's okay um well best of luck with the the farmer's market i think a lot of people are interested interested to see what happens and are are pulling for you to to create something really new and unique and interesting and uh to keep it going so uh all eyes are on you julia uh, yeah, no, um, no fears there. Um, and then for anyone who's listening, we have Adam will put links. There's 10car.ca slash market. And we're definitely hoping to hear from people. I will put links indeed. Uh, but Julia, thank you so much for all your time today. It's really appreciated. Awesome. Thanks so much, Adam. And once again, that was Julia Grady. To learn more about 10C, go to their website at 10carden.ca. And to learn more about the farmer's market, including a list of vendors and the current capacity limits, go to guelphfarmersmarket.ca. To find out more about the potential changes coming to the farmer's market, you can check out the highlights from November's Committee of the Whole meeting on Guelph Politico. Just look under the City Council tab to find those recaps. And that is it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, out of the University of Guelph. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, You'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram, and you can send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you would like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where we will have a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we will see you next time.